I'd like to take a moment to thank my sponsor, Doubletree by Hilton Jackson. When you think about Doubletree, you might think they only cater to big fancy weddings or plated meals for 100 people, but they also have meeting space for the solopreneur like me. So when you need to book private space without baristas and background noise, while in a public location, not your living room, give Doubletree a call at 731-664-6900. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on Dogs of 731. Um, Tell us who you're here with. Um, I'm representing Downtown Dogs Group. It's a rescue that I founded almost 10 years ago. Wow, 10 years. What exactly, um, how did it get started? Uh, I was fostering for several other rescues in town and um, saw that there was a need for special needs dogs, some that are a little more feral or some that might have more expensive medical treatments needed and just kind of came together with a group of like-minded women that were sort of doing the same thing and found our niche doing special needs animals. Okay, okay. And so you're labeled or your your name is Downtown Dogs Group. Do you only service downtown? Um, we don't, but our the first dog that we actually worked together on that we couldn't find anyone else to help uh, that sort of brought us together as a group was, was downtown. Okay. And we did rescue a, a lot of dogs and still do from that area, but we we are not limited to downtown by any means. Okay. Is it a brick and mortar or is it foster based? Uh, foster based right now. We're, we're working on something um, hopefully in the next six months. Okay. I but, think we're uh, going to talk about that uh, yeah. in a few minutes because yeah. I'm excited about that. I saw your picture on yeah. uh, Facebook. So, um, so you mentioned uh, a group of like-minded women. How is your nonprofit structured? Um, there were originally five of us that were founders, um, and two are still with the group. One is um, with another group now, but also we also still work with her, and another one retired kind of from rescue to do some different things. And then we have um, a 10-person board okay. um, as well as some folks that we consider advisory. They don't have voting rights on the board, but they're advisory board members or honorary board members and some volunteers. Everybody's unpaid at this point, so. Yeah, uh, that's common in nonprofit mm-hmm. rescue. Yeah. <laughs> You're paid in puppy kisses. Exactly. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a need for support for dogs and cats in our area. Where do, where do the pets that you're caring for come from? Um, they come from every, everywhere. Every faucet. Most of ours are owner surrender or stray. Okay. Um, I, we do try to assist with rabies control with that situation. Um, we're not finding we're able to as much since we are focusing more on sanctuary dogs, but often we'll help um, even if it's just financially there if we're able to to help other groups pull from there. We work, work with death row dogs and JRC kitty lovers okay. to kind of help them facilitate some things. And if when we do have space, we will help from there. But usually it's owner surrenders, mostly in stray. And it's really sad to see when it's an owner surrender at mm-hmm. JRC. Yeah. Uh, I know I, I sometimes I see that and I'm like, what? Why would you mm-hmm. take it? But it's a difficult thing in this this area. Um, you know, where do you if you can't care for your pet anymore? Right. Where do you take them? Right. Um, you mentioned your focus on sanctuary. Tell tell us a little more about that. 
Um, ideally, every dog and cat we work with would be adopted into a right. a family, you know, with one or you know, few pets. But with some of ours, we've seen that it's just, you know, next to impossible for certain reasons. Um, we have one, two dogs at our sanctuary that have bitten someone before. Mm -hmm. um, they've never bitten any of us. And, but it's just, you know, we, we had a commitment, a lifetime commitment to every dog and cat we take in. Right. And so once that occurred in the family and we took them back for liability reasons, they'll live with us. Um, and then we've had you know, the grumpy seven-year-old three-legged pit bull that you try to, try to make as cute as possible. hard to market that. They're, you know, wonderful, wonderful. Right. They're people that a lot of people not willing to give those those animals a chance. Right. Or not willing to take in a dog that is 10 or 11 years old that they know they're not going to have much time with. Sometimes that's a little hard decision for people to make, so. It is. It really is. And I, honestly, we, um, we adopted, when I was looking to add a dog to our family, uh, I have small children, and so we did a foster for a couple of weeks before we decided to add her to the family, and um, I went for a, a, she was three, two or three years old, so I didn't want the puppy, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes it is better to have a more mature dog, um, you know, to get that, uh, their she was great. I mean, she still is. She, mm -hmm. she knew how to go out, and I didn't have to clean up messes in the house, and it was like a dog come true for us, a dream mm -hmm. come true for us. So There's really something to be said for the, for the non-puppies. Yes. Um, so, let's see. How many pets do you have in your care currently? Typically, in our program, we have around 50 dogs. And when I wow. say in our program, some of some of what we do is, to the extent we can, we help enable families who are great pet owners but maybe can't afford a, mm -hmm. a medical treatment that the dog right. is needing at right. this point. We have some of those that are ongoing. So okay. we kind of consider those animals part of our program even though they're it's hopefully staying with their owner. Right. Um, and then that also you know, includes the ones in foster care and the ones that are probably going to be with us for good. So the ones in foster care, those are adoptable and... Hopefully. I mean, we have some that have been there for two or three years, and at that point we start to think, you know, we have to look at the, the possibility that this dog may never leave, or cat. And we have several cats that we're working through right now. And do you have, um, like, adoption events, or how does that work with We do. Adopters? We don't do as many as rescues that have puppies. Right. Um, for a variety of reasons. Um, um, some of our dogs, their only special need is that they don't get along with other dogs. Right. So it's kind of difficult to take, you know, five or six large right. pit bulls that don't get along with each other or to other a location dogs they don't know to PetSmart. <laughs> you know, but we do it from time to time. We yeah. we try really hard because Pets PetSmart gives back so much to us. We try to have that presence there. But we have found that for us, that's rarely the type of dog that the pet smart shopper is coming and looking for. Yeah. So, um, you know, it helps us get our dogs out and work with socialization with them and stuff, and they enjoy the day. Right. But it's not something that we've had a lot of success with with adoptions. Now our cats, we do okay. well there. But, really? Because oh, mm -hmm. they're housed yes, there. Yes, yes. They're housed there or, um, you know, people that are coming and looking for a cat, that's a little bit easier than deciding to take on, wow, I wasn't planning on this 60-pound yeah. pit bull today, you know. And I, I know you, um, don't you have some, some foster kitties at Tailwaggers? We do, we yeah. do. Tailwaggers has been generous enough to 
let us have two or three kittens or grown cats there at a time. And that's a really cool thing because if you're shopping in tail waggers, obviously you're taking really good care right. of your pets. And so it's kind of like having the cream of the crop of yeah. adopters yeah, already yeah. a little bit, taking a look at the animals sure, and it's worked sure. out well. So I know they have their resident cats, Frank mm-hmm. and Harvest, and that's why I, my son loves to go to tail waggers. He's like, how do you know their names? Because I asked. <laughs> I know Frank and Harvest. Um, and they've accepted our cats very well. They're good foster cats. <laughs> they aren't are. They? It's funny how cats teach each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had cats in the past, and we've rescued kittens. And, um, you know, the, the best nurturing cat I've ever had was a male cat. He would go out and catch things and bring it back and give it to the kitten and teach her how to hunt and he would clean her and and I just didn't expect that kind of behavior from Mm -hmm. a male um he was a rescue as well and so I was surprised by that um so Michelle tell us some stories that 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 might convey to our listeners what drives you in this passion well um there are a lot there are a lot of stories um Betty, the pit bull that passed away with cancer this past year, was pro- she was one of our, she's kind of the poster child for what we do. Um, mm-hmm. I found Betty hit by a car on the side of the mm-hmm. road, on my road. Um, she had a broken pelvis, mm-hmm. a hip fracture that was too complicated to save, so she was an amputee okay. right off the bat. Um, <clears throat> one of those, like I say, grumpy pit bulls. She really isn't grumpy, but she didn't like any other dogs at all. She had this... I call it her worried look on her face all the time. So she didn't really photograph that well, even though she was like the sweetest dog ever. But so we're going into it with she's grown, she's grumpy, she's an amputee. She was heartworm positive, of course. So we treated that. Um, Had her in the program for three years with a foster family in Milan, and they were wonderful and had decided to keep her, even though she didn't get along with some of their other dogs. They just, they were able to rotate and work it out. Well, then they had to move to Florida to a smaller home where they didn't have Mm. room to. So we took her back in, um, and um, Christmas Eve, not this past year, but the year before, uh, Betty was diagnosed with lymphoma. And chemo was not ever something that we had thought we would do, we would put a dog through before, just because old school thought was you know gosh look at all those horrible side effects and the dog it's not like a person they can't understand and it's not going to give them much more time but with Betty I had heard about a really good oncologist in Memphis that um was having a lot of luck with lymphoma so we we took her down there she was in remission within three days she had only been given a week to live wow wow (laughs) and within three days you know I, I just expected a call anytime Dr. Mitchner was great she said let me let me try, and if yeah. I see it's not going the right direction, we're not going to. She had no side effects at all, um, stayed in remission for a year, and then the lymphoma came back, and then we were able to do a second round, and she stayed in remission for another six months. Wow. But With good quality of life. Very good quality of life. Uh, like I said, the, the only side effect she had toward the end was that she would get tired easily. Yeah. But, you know, and we had to – Part of her prescription was to feed her steak and <laughs> hamburger and stuff. So she she was really living the life, and that's um. But over the years, I can't even begin to tell you how how much her medical treatment cost between the amputation and the heartworms, yeah, and the cancer treatment. But we wouldn't have, I couldn't have imagined not doing what we did for her. I mean, she was worthy of that. Yeah, you know, that's just our philosophy is that they're all 
they're all worthy. Yeah, for sure. It's just finding the resources to make that happen. So, and unfortunately, the overpopulation makes that harder to right. do. Right. Um. Community support is crucial. Any shout outs you want to give to oh, community my support? I'd be afraid. Like everybody. I'd be afraid I'd miss somebody. But everybody, uh, like from tail waggers letting us have the kittens there right. to um, Wagging Tail Resort. Uh, Rachel Carlson is on our board of directors. Okay. And so she she's a certified trainer, dog trainer. So she provides that those training services for free, and that's critical when you're adopting a large, you know, pit bull or type breed into a family that's not a mean dog by any stretch of the imagination but could potentially hurt another animal right so rachel you know she'll um assess the dogs that we bring in if we have any question about it at all she'll let uh, family members meet her at the resort with their other family pets to do introductions to make sure they're awesome that kind of thing i didn't realize they did that yeah so we that's a great thing um uh, Angie Counts Portfolio Recovery Associates has become a huge uh, sponsor of our events. Okay. So, a shout out to her. So, it's not necessarily dog based, it could be. Um, right, right. Um, any business. We have an attorney on our board, and that's that's been invaluable. I right. Mean, his skill is not the hands on stuff, but he's, you know, he's done our legal work for us. Um, we have. Uh, and mm. so many people don't realize what goes into right. the nonprofit. Exactly. Um, you know, it is regulated as, mm-hmm. as far as there's guidelines you have to follow. Right. And it's not just, hey, I think I'll start a nonprofit right. today. Right. <laughs> so for people to donate those services, that's just as valuable to us as as money. You yeah. know, and there have been a couple of times, I mean, just by helping us with our adoption contracts to make sure everything's covered. and Yeah. And, and that that's, kind of um, you know, I, we tried, my family tried to do fostering, mm-hmm. and that's just not for us right, right now. Right. And so that's kind of where I veered into, I do photography, dog mm-hmm. photography, um, through Petography by Shaney. But then I've also started this podcast to try to reach uh, and, and shine the light on the needs for dogs. And, mm, and this is fantastic. The um, areas that people can support as well as. It could be events. I mean, right. um, and I think that's going to lead us into you have several annual events at Downtown Dogs Group. Tell Thank us an overview of that. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, actually, we have one that I didn't know about until a couple days ago. <laughs> Surprise! Um, March 15th, Lauren Pritchard, Lolo, is going to do a concert at Sam Bryant's Distillery. Awesome. And part of the proceeds from that are going to um, go to our rescue. I don't know the details of it yet. I just okay. know that it's March 15th. Okay. So I asked her last night if it was okay to talk about that today, cool. and she said it was, so she's going to announce it Monday on the radio, I think. Um, in e- spring and fall, Easter and Thanksgiving usually, we do a bake sale and a barbecue. My husband barbecues for the rescue and just does a tremendous job with that. And that's the butts for months. <laughs> yes, that's for <laughs> that months. That was a cute, yeah. cute title there. We've been doing that for a while. Um, we have our 5K annually in May. This will be our sixth. 5k I think we were the first uh, um, 5k that started from the lift and went mm-hmm. through the Jackson walk and all that when it was just getting finished Dale Childress who is another person I want to give a shout out to he's a fantastic philanthropist with Woodstock mm-hmm. yeah but he also is a race enthusiast and so okay. he designed that 5k course and he manages our our race every year so we That's don't have to worry awesome. about anything that's yeah. fantastic so we'll be doing that again in May um 
We do something new that we started a couple summers ago called Potting for Pups. Mm -hmm. That's the event where Morris Nursery donates plants. Mm -hmm. And Dustin Lee, who is their um, plant uh, designer, I guess. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) and plant guru. He comes and and teaches people you bring your own pot or Uh you can buy a pot there. Uh And you buy your plants and he teaches people how to make um, container gardens that's great so that's a really that's a really big thing right now that's a big thing and he shows people how to design those properly and which things are for sun and shade and that kind of stuff i'm just not good plant i have a fake plant on my desk right now (laughs) because i tried a real plant and that poor thing i had to give it away because it was just not making it and i'm like oh well we're going to do something (laughs) different with that this year instead of doing the spring flowers that we typically do Mm -hmm. in um may around mother's day we're going to do it a little bit later in June mm-hmm. and do terrariums. Oh, so, yeah. like succulents. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, okay. And have a class on how to do the little terrariums and things, and they don't require as much care, as much work yeah, so, okay. afterwards. So that's going to be kind of fun. In mind. I, it's a, a new big thing. And, um, you know, as from an office standpoint, uh, you know, it's nice to have a little greenery in yes. your office. It helps. Something that yeah. helps calm you down a little bit yes. while you're working. Yeah. And then Bon Appetit, of course, is our big, um, I guess, flagship fundraiser. And we, we had our fifth year of that last year. Mm-hmm. Typically, we were doing it in the fall. This past fall, we decided not to do it because fall and winter Merged. That was getting so event heavy. It really is now, yeah. It was October last year. We we had trouble even getting tables and chairs to rent on Sunday nights. Really? People were getting married on Sundays because everybody wanted to do everything in October. Yes. And so we decided to wait and, and maybe do that a different time of year. Where do you normally hold that? Um, it was at the farmer's market for three years. Um and then we did it at, or maybe it was four years there, and we did it at a private residence one year. We decided to change it up a little bit and have mm-hmm. it at a private residence and do it more like dinner on the grounds kind of yeah. kind of thing. So we try, even though it's um, got a chef and an entertainer every time mm-hmm. that we bring in, like a celebrity chef and, a, and some kind of entertainment, we do try to make it completely different, right. even though a those, different you know, a different experience every time, so... Well, those are all great, great fundraisers. Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of, we, we prided ourselves on new and fresh and things that people will want to do that's kind of outside the box and maybe a little bit different than. And it's really um, a good time because downtown is growing mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that, that kind of merged perfect timeline-wise. Right, right. And my husband and I own the downtown tavern, which is kind of just coincidental that Right. The rescue is downtown, <laughs> and the name of that's downtown too. But we're going to do some, some more things there. Um, we've had a couple of fundraisers there, but they've actually been for dogs and other rescues mm-hmm. that needed um, additional boost. medical funds for special needs. And so we, I, we, you, now you still have the outdoor patio. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm, my I one of my friends, Matt Huber, has played there, yes, Dialing Dahlia. Yes, yes. And um, so I love to sit out there and. and under the stars. Right. Well, we, we lost use of that for a little bit, which is kind of a long legal story. Yeah. But anyway, we have use of it again. So we're looking at, what we, okay, what can we do this summer and this spring? Uh, because we're dog-friendly down there. That's what I was going to ask. Yes, are you dog-friendly there? We okay. We are um, not officially legally dog-friendly, but people bring their dogs. We don't serve a lot of food, and that's right. where it would get into a problem. And people have loved that they can bring their dogs in. And a lot of our doctors... Our local adopters will bring their dogs in from time to time. That's that's so cool. That's the best feeling in the world. (laughs) Yeah. 
and that's one thing, you know, with this podcast, I want to shine light on the areas where you can take your dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to the downtown tavern and take your dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think at Rock and Dale on the patio, you can have your dog there, I too. think there. Um, uh, Blacksmith, I think, on the they patio. They have a patio. Mm-hmm. Um, I know McAllister's, if you're on the patio, you can keep your dog out there. Um, so there's a lot of places people don't realize you don't have to leave your mm-hmm. dog at home. Um, I mean, even Starbucks has puppuccinos right, that you can right, get for your right. dog. So I think that I love that we're becoming more dog friendly as far as, you mm. know, having your dog in public and people not freaking out about it. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of ties back into, um, you know, having well-mannered dogs mm-hmm. to, to go out it in does, public. It does, um, Let's see. Michelle. I know this month is a special occasion for mm-hmm. you. It's your birthday. Yes. So tell us about that. You've got something going on with that tied okay, to the rescue. I turned 50 on February 1st. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, kind of, you know, it's a milestone birthday. Mm-hmm. And you start, at least I do, looking back on your life when you hit a milestone birthday and thinking, okay, what's, you know, what's important to me? And I guess other than my friends and my family and my wonderful husband, like this rescue has been my heart for so long. Right. And so, I, you know, we, we have all the stuff that we need. And I don't think people realize how valuable those Facebook fundraisers are. Um, they, they have started to bring in a lot of extra income for us that I never thought would really? be an income stream. Yes. Um, people, you know, and maybe somebody's doing one for $200 and they mm-hmm. raise 100 but if there are 10 people doing that, next thing you know, like we've got all our um, you know, heartworm prevention and flea and tick prevention for the month paid for. It really adds up. So I wanted to do something for, you know, kind of for this rescue uh, in honor of being here for 50, 50 <laughs> years. And, you know, kind of with the intention that I'm asking for a lot, I'm asking for $5,000. Um, we've been at it a week and we're almost halfway there. So I saw gonna, that. That's great. Gonna keep pushing that and maybe even push farther and just, you know, to, to have that little bit of relief that, okay, you know, $5,000 will cover a little bit more than one month of our typical expenses. Um, I'd love to get it to 6000 get to two months, maybe even more. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I mean, it, even just looking at on Facebook, I, I checked out your Facebook page for Downtown Dog Group and I thought, well, she's got almost... 5,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So even if everybody just donated yes. $1, yes. you would already be almost at your mark. Right, right. And that's one thing that we've really tried to get across to people is that it doesn't, you don't have to make a $50 donation or even a $10 donation. Like you said, if everybody that um, was my friend or followed the the rescue gave a dollar a month, we'd, we'd be there. Like yeah. We'd, we would have everything we needed and more. So... And then the second for that is um, if they share. Right. If they share it and right. share it. To, and unfortunately, that's one thing that's hard right now with the logarithm on mm-hmm. Facebook. So you can't overshare something. Right. You really can't. Right. You, you keep sharing it and make a comment, even if you just make a little symbol right. comment. That right. pushes it to the top of the Facebook feed. And all of those are, um, you know, beneficial to you because right. you can't share 5,000 times. No. But 5,000 people could share, <laughs> could share. it yeah, a couple absolutely. of times, and that's going to push it up in, in the Facebook world. 
Um, and that's one thing, even when I see the, the pictures of dogs that are looking for homes, mm-hmm. I'll put a heart and share it. And, you mm-hmm. know, that comment helps push it up there, too. So That's kind of interesting how that, that works. And we're going to get our Instagram. I've got my personal one going, but we have a DDG one that we're going to get back up and get rolling with that, too. But I've heard that those algorithms are a little bit the same, that you have to kind of... For Instagram yeah, you have to Facebook. have activity to Well, keep. now Facebook owns Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah. And you can way. set it, though. Like, I have my Instagram set to share to my Facebook. So, mm-hmm. I'm doing the post on right, Instagram. Right, But there's a lot that goes into social media. Right. And people don't realize it. It's not the same Facebook it was right. when it started. So. And that's another shout-out. Austin Thompson at The Cove. Oh, yeah. He's well, been very, very yeah. helpful with this. Yeah. Um, and we're revamping our website. It's a... Uh, I want it to be more interactive and to be more useful and maybe have a, a blog mm-hmm. and an opt-in so we can get an email list and a mailing yes. list going. It's something we've never done that we should have done. And Yeah, that's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. too is, mm-hmm. is uh, the you don't own your information on Facebook. And so if Facebook decided to change it, then you could lose those 4,000 right. right. followers. So right. email is important. Exactly. Um, people don't realize that anymore, but it is important to start exactly. that list. And, exactly. Uh, it's something I'm working on myself. So right. I totally right. understand. Yeah. We could go on. and That's a whole different I podcast, know. Michelle. <laughs> um, okay. So um, where do you see Downtown Dog Group in three to five years? Let me, I'll tell you, I have a vision and it's very, very specific. I don't, I'm. I don't often have a lot of specific visions because I have so many irons in the fire with my full-time job and stuff, but I know exactly where I want this rescue to go. Um, I know everybody's heard of Best Friends Sanctuary in Utah, if you know anything about animals at all. Most people know about Best Friends. Um, There is another sanctuary in Minnesota called Home for Life. Are Mm -hmm. you familiar with them? I'm not. I'm coming about. Well, early on um, in rescue, I found them on... um, just through Google, okay. kind of looking for resources to help right. with animals like ours that may not be able to go anywhere because they have a just a super-duper special need. And Home for Life in Minnesota, it's it, you'll have to look at their website. It's absolutely beautiful. But they um, invented or, I guess, coined the term third door, okay. being um, that typically with rescue, a lot of times you have adoption or you have euthanasia. Right. And so third door is not just a shelter that they languish in the rest of their lives. It's a place where a dog that cannot or has not been adopted can live out as close to a one family life as possible. Right. Um, and so that's that's my vision. I, I want that kind of a sanctuary here. Okay. At least one of them, maybe two, maybe three. Um, maybe a prototype that other rescues can say, you know what, you were able to do this for a, a great cause. So we're like, we're working with, uh, one of my board members is an architectural designer. She's been working with us on this, um, looking at how we can do a building that's green energy. Right. It's not expensive, cost effective. Um, how we can get the community on board with fencing and getting lots of free range, free roam areas have some little buildings, you know, that may have TVs, couches, that kind of thing. Right. And so here are these animals that, you know, maybe won't be 
in the mom and dad kid home sleeping in the bed every night. Yeah. But we'll have just as much fun and just as much quality of life, maybe even a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah that's <laughs> with, my, their, with their pack. <laughs> yeah, with their pack. So, And even the ones that can't get along with, with other dogs, you know, so that they can yeah. live out happy life, fun life, not realizing that, you know, they're not just out in a pen or not just in a shelter yeah. where people come by and visit and, and it looks sad. Yeah, so that's my vision. So is that um, the second chance? Yes, uh, second chance is a big part of that. Um, second chance is a actually the farm and farmhouse where I was born. I okay. lived there till I was two, um, and over the years that house kind of got into disrepair, and my dad was renting it out some, and he decided to sell it. He was tired of fooling with it. Yeah, and this was before rescue. This was probably fifteen years ago. Um, kind of had a feeling about that house I don't know why it seemed sentimental to me even though mm -hmm. I didn't remember living there and yeah so I told my dad I was kind of interested in you know maybe buying it and he said why <laughs> I was like <laughs> I don't know I just have this feeling about this house and so he said well you can have it and so my husband and I tried to you know fix it up a little rent it out for a while and that was just a hassle and and one day we were like okay what if you know this is just a beautiful tranquil piece of property what if we could find somebody that lived in this house in exchange for taking care of animals for us kind of like a foster but beefed up a little bit yeah, a little yeah. more and um there's a lady named barbara mooney uh do you know barbara i don't think i do she she's a fantastic woman and she's been rescuing for i think 29 years wow. like since before people knew what Rescue was. Rescue was. Right. She was doing what we were all doing, probably, which is, oh, wow, there's a dump dog. Well, let's just get it neutered in the lives of me now. Or, oh, okay. That yeah, was that the beginnings kind of, of rescue. And then early, early on in rescue, she got involved with rescue organizations, and she's fostered for probably all of them. And she's very, very good with special needs animals. She's, she's good with um, pulling them through illnesses that mm -hmm. are devastating and that kind of thing. And we got to become friends. And and she lived in a part of the city that she really didn't love. And I said, Barb, what do you think about moving out to the country? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, about a week later, she called me and she said, were you serious about that? And I said, a serious is a heart attack. I said, let's go out there and look. And so we, we remodeled the house and uh, she moved out there and just loves it. And she's a retired uh, breast cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. So we let her name it. I said, we said what do you want to name this? thing we're doing out here and she said second chance because she felt like it was a second chance for these animals that don't get one and also a second chance for her right. to, to live in a, yeah. in, in a environment that she wants to live in so she can garden and she has chickens and they're rescue chickens oh she, i saw the chickens <laughs> yeah. but all the chickens that you see most of those are from where barbara goes to r and j mm -hmm. and they'll have the little chicks and she'll see some that she's afraid aren't going to make it and she'll take so them and nurse them to help <laughs> So she's got rescue rabbits, rescue chickens. Okay, that's and you know that's as well a beautiful as the cats story. And dogs. Yeah. yeah, so oh, that would be. I'm thinking of my son trying to smuggle chickens home. <laughs> <laughs> so there are always needs in rescue. What would you say your top three are? Oh well, funding is always number one, and I and I don't mean for that to sound. Like I'm begging for money, but you but can't do of any expense. of this without money. There's a lot of expense. Um, funding, fosters, it's kind of like the three Fs, I call it. Uh, funding, fosters, and friends. Um, funding we have to have. Fosters, 
we have a desperate, desperate need for. And then with friends, that's just everybody else like we talked about, your photographers, your um, sponsors, uh, your businesses that are willing to, you know, offer some kind of services for free. Um, Um, Going back to the fosters, what what type of requirements do you have for fosters? um, Basically the same thing that we would for an adopter, Mm -hmm. um, just that uh, they're willing to put the time and effort into trying to acclimate a dog that may have never lived inside a house to being inside a house. Um, And we can do, you know, we can do it a lot of different ways. We have fosters that we pay for everything. We buy the food we do everything. Mm -hmm. We have fosters who sometimes say, you know what, I'm able to do this. I'll sponsor the the dog. Yeah, I'll sponsor the dog as well or cat. And I I don't, I didn't, we didn't touch on this, but do you um, transport to other areas? We do. We do. We do a little bit of both. Okay. So, uh, you know, sometimes people I think might worry because you mentioned dogs that were fostered for three years. Mm -hmm. Is this going to turn into a long-term event? But there are short-term specific timeline where you could say, hey, I need a foster for two weeks until they can get on the transport. And it's not uh, as much of a commitment. Um, So I think that's important to to note here for fosters because I think some people might be scared away by right, the word right. fostering and now I'm going to have a dog. <laughs> right, um, right. So there are yeah, different we, opportunities. Yeah, we're pretty sure when we have somebody that's going into a special needs situation that they know that this might be a foster to adopt situation and or maybe even a hospice situation. Right. We've had certain circumstances where, God love them, somebody's willing to step up and know a dog may not have long yeah. to live and take care of that dog. But a lot of times when we run across healthy puppies, we partner with other rescues. Right. Stat, companion, pes- companion Pet Rescue. Right. Uh, Danielle Hardy's my cousin, actually. Okay. And she co-founded our group, and, and work, we work together so that anything that meets their criteria, you know, dog-friendly, uh, would transport easily without stress, um, puppies. We, we work together mm-hmm. on those situations so that... You know, because that's their special right. area of expertise. Right. Yeah. There's no need in me. You know, I help to the extent I can. I help find a foster, and then they take it from there, and that's that's fantastic And it's us. amazing the network yes. uh, amongst yes. the rescues of, hey, can you step up and handle this one? Right. And, you right. know, it's all dependent upon where that rescue is at that time as far as finances and, and right. full house. Right. Um, and on the flip side of that, yeah. we're <clears> able to offer for them from time to time when they run across a longer-term situation you right. know obviously if they've just helped me with 12 puppies <laughs> we'll find a spot at barbarous for this dog that's you know mangy and got heartworms yeah. and it's going to be with us for a little a bit little tougher and, and need a little training from rachel so yeah that's awesome yeah that is great. so awesome um i was going to say with to, to the fostering our dog actually she was being fostered and her foster was going on vacation mm-hmm. and so that's that's another opportunity mm-hmm. you know Fosters like to go on vacation yeah, they too. Have a life, <laughs> Rescue yeah. people like to go on vacation too. So I'm not used to. It's been a while. Yeah. So <laughs> even if you can say, "Hey, I can foster for a week," or you know, right, then right. it is helpful. It's beneficial. Right. Even a couple of days sometimes. So and one of my uh, best friends, uh, Sarah Barnett, she had a dog that was special needs. She had a Chihuahua that had 
um, diabetes. Mm-hmm. You had to have a shot at specific times. Mm-hmm. And so I'd have to stay with Pepsi and, and get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and give her a shot. And I'm like, how do you do this every day? That's a cute name. <laughs> so. We have a dog named Jazz in the rescue right now that's not only diabetic, we've just discovered she has Cushing's disease as well. Oh. Uh, she's blind from her diabetes, but... Um, our uh, vet thinks that her sight can be restored. Okay. So that's a second uh, online fundraiser that we, we've had going. I think it ended the end of July, uh, July January, um, to raise money to have to take her to a specialist mm-hmm. to get her sugar a little more under control than we've been able to, and then to also look at surgery to have her sight restored. So, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Michelle, I've really enjoyed talking with you this morning. Do you have anything you want to add for our listeners? No, just I, th- I think this is great that you're getting the word out about this. I'm, I'm surprised that there's still so many people that I meet that don't know what rescue means. I yeah. mean, they've heard of the Humane Society and the ASPCA because they see those things on TV, but they don't know that there's this network of people that do yeah. what we do. And getting the word out helps, and, and for all means, you know, if it helps one person get an animal spayed or neutered, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another shout out. The organizations that are just doing spay and neuter, that is fantastic. It really is. It is so great to have that resource. I didn't even realize you mentioned about the um, Barbara being in rescue before we mm-hmm. knew what rescue was. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, I've been in rescue longer than yeah, I knew. Because yeah. many of my pets came from, it showed up in the yard and we got it spayed and neutered. And, right. And even if um, we had a cat here... Um, actually here at this hotel that came in and laid on the couch and she was pregnant and she had four kittens and so we we made sure all four of the kittens mm-hmm. were spayed and neutered mm-hmm. and she got spayed and she stayed with us I mean, that's one rescue. The people don't realize a lot of individuals are doing it we just yeah. didn't know what to call it I think uh, 1990 was the first time I lived in an apartment and my roommate and I noticed that our neighbor's dog was getting really really thin mm-hmm. and we asked her, you know, well, we don't want to get in your business, but is there something wrong? And the lady just kind of broke down, and she said, I'm so busy, and I've noticed it too, and I feel like such a bad pet owner. And uh, the dog was heartworm positive, and we took the dog to the vet and, you know, did things for her that she didn't have time to do because we mm. were in college and had yeah. some time available. So I think back, and I'm like, that was kind of my first experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, where can our listeners find out more about Downtown Dog Street? Um, right now, our Facebook page is, is the best place okay. until we get our website back up and going. And when we do, that'll be the website. We'll announce that on the Facebook page, too. So it's just the Facebook and just search Downtown Dog Street. Okay, and perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I look forward to talking to you more in the future. I think that you've got a lot of things going on. And, um, you know, as events come up, you can come back on the show Great, and, and share it with our you. listeners. So thank you. I appreciate you coming in today. And Thank you uh, for having me. This has been great. Good, good. I'm glad it's a great experience for you. Um, all right. Well, you have a good day. Thank you. You too. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 2 of Dogs of 731, and this is Shaney Rufel of Petography by Shaney. Y'all, I am so excited about my guest today. It's Michelle James with Downtown Dogs Group. And if you have been in the Jackson area, if you have any lines to the uh, rescue scene, uh, you probably know who Michelle James is. Uh, She sat down with me 
and we recorded this episode and I really enjoyed talking with her and I hope you enjoy listening to the the stories and the information she has to share and I, I really look forward to, to having her on the show uh, more in the future. Um, if you have any feedback or any questions that you would like to ask, um, there's a feature on Anchor that you can share comments, you can phone in. Um, so I, I highly encourage you to give me some feedback on this show so that I can grow this podcast and continue to uh, meet your needs and expectations. So without further ado, before we get to the interview, um, I'm have a few words from our sponsors. Um, and then it'll be me and Michelle sitting down and talking about Downtown Dogs Group. Thanks for listening to today's show. Uh, coming up next week, uh, we're going to have uh, Dawn Harris with Revelation Gardens uh, providing a unique um, opportunity for uh, pets. Um, so I hope you tune in next week. And if you know somebody that might be interested in hearing the show, please share the show, uh, like it, comment. Um, also, if you have any suggestions for guests, if you know somebody you think would be a great fit for, um, to come on the show, leave me that information and I will check it out. Um, this show is to shine light on all things dogs of the area code 731 and, I enjoy talking to everybody, and I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, So without further ado, we will see you next week. Uh, The next show will release next Thursday.